Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Hello, hello, welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. I took two weeks off since the last episode. I believe it's been two weeks because I had my retreat in Greece, which was incredible. I'll speak a little bit more on. And then I got home and tried to start working and my body was immediately like, nope, we are not doing this. We are not ready. I took you know a few days off after my retreat in Greece, but my body demanded a lot more than a few days. Uh, So I ended up taking, I think, almost uh, 10 days or so off from working completely, which was so needed. I feel so refreshed and so excited and so changed. I feel like the retreat experience fundamentally changed me as a person. And I'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the episode, but I'm in a place right now where I would say I am more trusting in God than I ever have been in my entire life, no matter what phase of life I've been in, whether it was my religious phase when I was a child or in a teenager or my uh, super spiritual phase or my recent phase, no matter what phase I've ever been in, I have more faith right now and more trust than I've ever had in my entire life. And it feels so good to be in this space and that trust was built because of how the last eight to ten months really the last year of my life played out completely looking back it's it's incredible because there were so many times where I I was very clearly being asked to do something where God placed something on my heart and no part of me wanted to do it and so many times, I mean, if you've been following me, you've heard my void episodes, you know, all of the craziness and pain and chaos I went through and for a really long time. And the last year was the hardest year of my life, hands down. And looking back, I wouldn't change a thing. And every single time God placed something on my heart, even if I didn't feel ready, I said yes anyway. And that was really hard, really challenging, really terrifying, really emotional, but it's brought me to where I am now. And it built my trust. And I heard someone say this. It's not my quote, but I can't remember who it was. And it, the saying was that uh, you spell faith, R-I-S-K, right? Faith is spelled a risk because taking risks builds your faith and your trust. And that's what the last year did for me. Every time I took a risk, it built my faith and trust because it took almost an entire year for everything to play out. But right now I'm looking back like, wow. God, thank you. I couldn't have planned any of this myself. And I've talked a bit about this. I'm not going to get into all of the areas of my life right now. 
But I want to talk specifically about the retreat because the retreat almost didn't happen. Actually, if we rewind about a year, what is it? May, actually more than a year. If we rewind about a year and a half, I was already having ideas of hosting retreats and in-person events. I've wanted to do this for, you know, actually for more than five years, I wanted to do this, but it became really real about a year and a half ago. I started to really feel it on my heart to do something like this, specifically hosting a retreat, but I was really scared. I didn't feel ready. I didn't feel qualified. I, you know, who am I to do this? What if I can't do it, et cetera, all of the insecurities and fears. So didn't really do anything about it, but it was really persistent on my heart. I couldn't get it out of my head. It was nonstop. It kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. And so finally about a year and three months ago, maybe January, February of last year when I was in Costa Rica, I began to kind of really think about it, put polls out on Instagram and kind of start uh, thinking about what I would do and looking at spaces to rent, but I never fully pulled the trigger. I was just kind of still dabbling in the idea, but not committing to it. And then I went on a retreat experience. I might've shared this story before. I went on a 24 hour retreat experience in Tulum uh, with Chelsea and Oren. Chelsea was a one-on-one coach for me at the time. And Oren is her, her partner. And we were on the bus and completely unprompted. Oren turns to me. He knows nothing about me. And he says, Kristen, have you hosted a retreat yet? Because you're ready, right? Like God just put it on his heart to say that to me. And I'm getting chills right now. I got complete chills and he was speaking exactly to my heart, but he didn't know it. And he kind of encouraged me in that moment to fully claim it. Like you can't just be dabbling in this. You can't just be like, all right, I'm going to kind of, kind of get started. And then, you know, God will, will do the rest. He was like, no, like you've got to be all in. You've got to fully commit. You've got to fully claim it that yes, you are doing this. And for me, that meant surrendering my fears and anxieties and worries and questions. It meant surrendering them to God. It meant realizing that I didn't need to have all of the answers and I didn't need to be free of fears and anxieties and worries before saying yes, before fully claiming the desire that was on my heart, that God had placed on my heart. So fully claimed it and I'm not going to go through all the details of what happened because I've, I've touched on it before in previous episodes, but, uh, a series of really miracles and synchronicities took place and everything, the path was completely laid out for me perfectly and in really miraculous ways that felt very magical, but it was God, of course, moving as soon as I claimed it, he began to move and I moved forward with the retreat. And even after we had it all planned before I began to market it, I almost backed out. Because I began to have all of these, I didn't begin to have, but I continue to have these insecurities and fears. This was maybe in September or October, September of of 2022 of who am I to do this? What makes me qualified to do this healing work, especially in person? You know, who am I to lead a group of 10 women in person? Do I even know how to lead people in person? What if I fail? What if I disappoint them? What if I'm not what they expect or who they expect? What if I can't live up to their expectations or their ideas of of who I should be or how a leader of a retreat should be? What if I fall flat? 
what if, you know, they loved me online and they find out that I'm a fraud or, you know, they really don't, they don't like me in person. What if I show up to hold in-person space and, and coaching experiences and I just draw a blank and I don't know what to say or do and it's just a complete disaster, right? Like there's so many questions. What if these, these women, if women sign up, what if they pay all this money and they buy tickets across the world and they show up and it's not what they expected. Like this isn't just an online course. People are flying across the world for this, right? So I had all of these fears before I even started to market it. And of course, fears beneath that. What if no one signs up? What if people don't want this? What if I'm rejected? Fear after fear, I had layers and layers of and layers of them. I'm sure if any of you have, have ever done something new you've never done before, you've experienced kind of these circles of fears and anxieties. It's normal. It's human. We are human. This happens. And you know, what was different this time is that I didn't try to convince myself that my fears were invalid or that they weren't true or that whatever. I didn't spend any time doing that. I chose to simply surrender them to God. Like God, take these fears if this is your will, show me the way. I'm choosing to listen to you over my mind. I'm choosing to believe that your truth is the highest truth and what's going on in my mind. Although it feels really strong, it's actually deceiving and it's not necessarily the actual truth. So over and over and over, this was an ongoing process of surrendering, surrendering, surrendering it to God, surrendering it to God. It doesn't matter if I have questions, if I have fears, because if he's calling me to this, I have to follow. There's a reason. And the quote that kept repeating in my head was that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And if he's calling me to something and it's his will and he's making the path clear, it's because he's already prepared me. He's already qualified me. And it doesn't really matter if I think I'm qualified, if I feel ready or not. That is highly irrelevant because God called me. And, you know, sometimes we hear God, quote unquote, calling us. We're like, is it God? Is it not? Is it just me and my desire? And the reason I was so sure that this was God on my heart was because I'd had this on my heart for a year and a half. It was very persistent. It didn't go away. And every time I, I spoke it to people that I really trusted and cared about, they confirmed that this felt really right for me. And I, and I was constantly in prayer and communication with God about it. And over and over and over, it was confirmed. It was confirmed. It was confirmed. And when I fully claimed it, God made the path clear for me. It happened very easily. And so it was like, check, check, check. <laughs> This is not just me and my desire. This is what God has actually placed on my heart for me. So I began to promote it and it filled up pretty quickly. In a few months, I had 10 women in and then came the process of waiting. So I think we filled it or had most women in, you know, by November, December, and it wasn't until uh, end of April, early May. And so we just had this, this waiting period. And during this waiting period, a lot of my friends and people who knew me and fellow coaches knew that I was preparing for this retreat and they knew that it was coming. And I had people asking me all the time, like, Kristen, are you ready? Have you prepared? And my answer always was like, I haven't prepared. No, right? Like yes and no, I am ready, but I'm also not the, the real honest truth is no, I'm not ready, but God is. And that's enough because he's bigger than me. He's bigger than this. He's bigger than my fears. 
And I kept feeling like this is too much for me. I can't do this. And I would be reminded, of course, I can't do this. Of course, I can't hold this. Of course, this is too big for me, but it's not too big for God. And I'm not meant to do it on my own. Every time I felt like it was too big, it was because I was trying to hold all of it. I was trying to operate completely out of my own strength and that was exhausting. So yes, honest answer is that on my own, no, I never felt ready. And yes, I did feel like it was too big for me. But then the even higher truth is that yes, I was already ready because God had prepared me. And because he had called me, it meant that in his eyes, I was ready. And that was all that mattered. It's not, am I ready in my eyes? It's, am I ready in God's eyes? Because in my eyes, how in, in my feels, I'm never going to fully feel ready. And I know that. So waiting to feel ready just means I'm putting off what is meant for me indefinitely. And then the other question I kept getting asked is, Kristen, have you prepared? Have you planned what you're going to do? Like the coaching sessions and when you're holding space for these women, what are you going to do? How are you going to coach them? How are you going to hold the space? And over and over and over, every time I was in conversation with God, the answer was, don't prepare. You don't need to plan this. I'm going to lead you. Leave it blank. Create spaciousness. And every time someone asked me, I would get this anxiety in my chest of, oh my gosh, should I be planning? Am I doing this wrong? Because I had some coach friends who even you know, they would ask me more details, you know, like, Oh, what are the sessions going to be like? How are you going to structure them? What are you going to do? And it was like, they all expected me to have a plan. And of course the questions are always coming from this loving place and just this curiosity wanting to know more about me because they care about me and they love me. But a lot of people were surprised, especially leading up to like a few days before I left. And I remember I was talking to a coach, a friend of mine who's also a coach and uh, she was really surprised when I told her that I didn't have a plan. And all of a sudden I was in my head like, whoa, Kristen, is this, is this irresponsible, right? Like, are you setting yourself up for failure and all these women who paid you all this money? And these are the thoughts in my head. But once again, every time I was in conversation with God, the answer was leave it blank. Trust me. I'm going to lead you. So there was this battle kind of, for lack of a better word to describe this, between the thoughts in my mind and what God was telling me. And I chose once again to surrender the questions and the thoughts and the insecurities in my mind and trust God to lead me. And actually leading up to the retreat, the months and weeks leading up, I felt people kept asking me if I was nervous and the answer was no. Like sometimes I would have these thoughts in my mind, but it was really more of just thoughts swirling in my mind than a body nervousness. I never felt nervousness in my body ever. When people ask me questions, I might have like this hit of anxiety for a moment of, oh my gosh, I should be doing what they're saying. Then I would surrender it and tune back into God. And I felt so calm and peaceful, especially for having no plan. All I had was a theme. I had a theme for each day, which I created when I first created the retreat. Uh, but that's all I had. I had nothing else planned. And when I say nothing up else planned, I mean in terms of coaching, of support, of holding space, because I was collaborating with uh, a company called EA Retreats, which is led by a friend of mine named Katrina, who I actually met in college, which is another synchronistic story, but she was helping me with the logistics. So she planned our excursions and stuff. So the logistics are planned, right? We had a villa waiting for us and a chef and a luxury villa, mind you, all the things. So it wasn't like 
It wasn't like I didn't have anything planned and I was just going to show up and find us a hotel, right? I'm speaking of specifically the coaching, the mentoring, the holding space, the healing, the transformational journey that I was going to guide these women through throughout the six days, which is the point of the entire retreat, the transformation, the healing process and journey. That is what I didn't have planned. So like I was saying, I felt this strange sense of deep peace. And there was no nervousness. There was just peace. Every time I thought about the retreat and the woman coming, I felt a sense of peace in my entire body. And it's, 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 I say it's strange because normally when I have new experiences, I feel nervous. I get nervous. I get butterflies, but I never felt that leading up to the entire retreat. There was never a moment where I felt nervousness in my body. I just felt peace Every single moment leading up until the second the ladies arrived, I felt peace. It was like this feeling of contentment of this is right where I'm meant to be. And this is exactly who I'm meant to be with. And God is leading me. And I do believe that this sense of peace can only come when we are led by God. Because when we're operating out of our own strength, out of our own mind, we're depending solely on ourselves. There's so much more to hold. What a burden. That would mean that every fear and anxiety I had, it was on me. Like all of it is on me to figure out. And that's too much. And the truth is, yeah, there are pieces that are on me, right? I say that God qualifies those that he calls, but at the same time, I also have a sense of knowing that I'm ready. I've been doing coaching and mentorship work for years, right? There is a piece that's on us. But that deep sense of peace, I have never felt before in taking a risk because I've taken lots of risks and leaps of faith in my life. It's what got me where I am. I've never felt that deep sense of peace before. And it was because I trusted that God was leading me, especially going into this experience completely blank, except for the themes, which actually on the plane, I was journaling and talking to God and completely changed the themes shifted them and a new theme came through release, which hadn't been in my themes. It came through so strongly and it turned out to be the strongest theme we had throughout the entire retreat, which was completely unplanned. And my practice of letting myself be blank, that might not be fully the right word, but not having a plan played out through the rest of the retreat. Every session I showed up to blank with a theme. Actually, that's not completely true. Like the first one or two, I tried to come in with some notes and a plan because I just, it was my first time. I wanted to make sure, even though God was like, no, leave it blank. And of course, scrapped it and didn't even follow what I had planned. I followed my intuition and the energy in the room and the woman and, and what God was giving me, how he was leading me to lead them, right? Because I wasn't leading them. God was leading them through me. I was simply the willing vessel, but it can be scary to be that willing vessel because it means letting go of your idea of what it needs to look like, letting go of your idea of what needs to be said, letting go of my idea or my judgments of, I need to give the best advice and I need to whatever X, Y, Z things that I thought I needed to do, letting go of all of that and saying, no, the only thing I need to do is become a clear vessel for God to work and speak through me. And to heal through me. I don't have it in my power to create healing for these women. But God does. I can be a vessel for that. For him. 
And so I find that oftentimes in our lives, we tend to over plan when we don't trust God to lead us. And so many women, it's like this repeating thing I'm seeing in every course and container I've held or led. And even just on Instagram in my inbox, you're all craving this sense of relief, like more relaxation, more ease. A lot of you are feeling burnout and stress and overwhelm because we're leading ourselves. A lot of that falls away, not when our life changes, but when we decide to stop operating out of our own strength, to stop constantly leading ourselves, to stop over planning everything and to allow God to lead us. But in order to let someone else lead you, and this goes, you know, we could be talking about a relationship here as well. If you want your man to lead you, you want God to lead you, you've got to be willing to make space for that. You can't come in with your own plan. It would have been like me hearing God say, no, leave it blank. I'm going to lead you. And then me choosing to sit down for 10 hours and plan out every single session from start to finish. Exactly the activities we were going to do, what I was going to say, what the questions would be, what the healing process would be, what the somatics would be, and saying, I'm going to stick with this. The, those women would not have had the same life-changing experience if I had done that. There's no way. They would have still had a good experience for sure. It still would have been a good retreat. It would not have been what it was if I did that. Because God can do greater things through me than I can do on my own. I mean, some of the experiences we had, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Because it was so powerful. And I'm not even going to attempt, I'm not going to even attempt to describe in words the kinds of experiences we had because there are no words for what we experienced that week, for the healing that happened. There's no words, yeah. It's actually making me tear up thinking about it because it was, um, it was just, it was so powerful and such a life-changing experience for me. I think I was fundamentally changed as much as all of the women felt they were as well. And it almost feels like a lot of our experiences need to stay sacred. I want to really honor the sacredness of a lot of our experiences and, and keep it and keep it sacred and private between us who are there and God. But one of the reasons that my trust in God is so strong right now, and I've built this rock solid foundation that just feels like immovable right now is because that retreat was such a big risk for me. All of it from start to finish, you know, marketing it in a time period where I'd really shut down my business and I was transitioning my message and moving from my old message to really focusing on God and also showing up completely blank and trusting that I would be led and guided. I mean, what if I had shown up to the sessions and just continued to be blank? That would never have happened, but it was a big risk. It was a big risk. I was taking a big risk, trusting God in that way. And it paid off tenfold. It was the retreat experience and the woman and, and the transformations and everything. It it exceeded every expectation I could have possibly had. And honestly, I didn't have that many expectations. When I pictured the retreat, I couldn't picture it. I It was so blank. It just, I didn't even have a vision of it, right? Which goes directly against manifestation teachings of have the vision and hold the vision. I didn't have a vision. I wasn't holding a vision. I was just trusting God to hold that for me. 
which was such a relief, right? There's so much less we need to do. Not only is there so much less that we need to do, but there is so much less that we need to become. And I'm going to explain what I mean. So when I think about a retreat, I've only been to really one experience and it was 24 hours. So I don't have retreat experience. I was pretty blank, but I've seen a lot of people online lead retreats and I've seen videos and I've seen their personalities and what they're like. And, you know, when I think of a retreat leader, I think of someone who's outgoing and really bubbly and has a big personality and is, you know, just this, like this bright, powerful, passionate, loud leader. And I am not that way in my eyes. I am much more soft-spoken. I'm much more reserved and timid. I would say I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert, although I really can toggle between the two, especially the phase of life I'm in right now. I really build up my energy reserves by being alone. I need so much alone time and I thrive off of alone time mixed with social experiences but generally speaking I am more timid and it was something I've always been I I don't know if I want to say ashamed of but I've always felt like it's held me back in life when I was in elementary school when I was younger and high school actually I, I was ashamed of it because I was so timid and shy that in class if a teacher called on me I would turn so red that I would start sweating and people would make comments and it was really 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 embarrassing like I would turn bright to me to red like a sunburn and and just sweat like crazy and it would add to my embarrassment and it was really actually traumatizing and it made me become even more timid and reserved and my blushing has actually been a problem my entire life I blush really really easily and I blush really red even when I'm not embarrassed and sometimes I don't even notice it and it's been something that has always held me back on some level but when I was younger it was really traumatizing and really debilitating because you know it just was so mortifying and I never wanted anyone to look at me or notice me or pay attention to me for that reason especially in public especially in class so I have a lot of shame around being reserved around being shy around not being big enough, a big enough of an energy or personality. I was always kind of overlooked. I felt in high school, especially. And so when I got to college toward the end of college, I began to change my personality. I began to become more extroverted, but it kind of, it didn't happen really naturally. It happened on purpose. I was doing it. And it's almost like I was overcompensating for the shyness my entire life. And so I went to the opposite end of the spectrum of being really extroverted, having so many friends, living in the house that everyone would come to, just being, you know, more well known by people. It was like I had this craving of that feeling of popularity because when I was younger, I just felt the opposite. So I wanted to have a million friends. I wanted everyone to know me. I wanted to make everyone feel good. And so that's who I became. And that kind of continued in my adult years. And I became really good at making friends and making people feel really comfortable around me to the extent that I, especially in the past few years, looking back at my experience in Costa Rica, I had so many friends and you know, everyone in town knew me because I made an effort to get to know everyone. And I lived in a house on a main road that everyone would stop at. And it was so much fun. And I always had plans because friends were always asking me to hang out. I always had someone to do something with. 
So it's getting coffee and making dinner for friends and going to waterfalls with friends or going to the sunsets with friends or had dinner plans. It was constant and it was so much fun. And then when that phase ended and I moved to where I am now and had a lot of alone time, I realized that that's not my natural state of being that I actually am more timid and I was so burnt out. I needed almost six months completely on my own. I was starting to feel lonely, but I didn't have the energy to even begin to make friends yet. I did not have the capacity to be around people. It was, I had to recharge from my really years of overcompensating and pushing myself to the opposite end of the spectrum. And I learned so much and I gained a lot of social skills and I made a lot of friends and it was so much fun and I do not regret it. But now I'm realizing that I'm coming to this balance in the middle, this almost like homeostasis of how I really am, how God created me, me uniquely, because we all have different personas and ways of being that are natural to us. And I've realized that, yes, I do have this capability of being really social and making a lot of friends and making people feel really comfortable, but I thrive when I'm in the middle, not when I'm hiding away because I don't want people to see me and I don't want to be noticed and not when I'm being super overly social and making tons and tons of friends and being really loud and, you know, the most bubbly person in the, in the room because I've been both, but when I'm in the middle, when I stay really true to myself, as I believe God created me uniquely to be what feels natural and best to me, the way that I thrive is in the middle I do like to be around people, but I'm not going to be the loudest person in the room. I'm more soft-spoken. I'm more timid. I'm a bit more reserved. I've realized now that I don't need or want to have a ton of friends. I just want a really solid group. I want a really solid but small circle. And, And in the past, you know, six to nine months or so, I've started to become really confident in who I am and confident in the way that I naturally feel inclined to be when I'm not trying to achieve something, when I'm not trying to achieve a goal of making a lot of friends or achieve a goal of being well-liked or achieve a goal of not having attention on me. When I'm just being and seeing myself through God's eyes rather than the eyes of my achievements, my goals, or the people around me, I show up a lot, a lot different, a lot different. And it feels a lot better. And so it's been this journey of the past few months of, okay, like really feeling really good and confident in who I am and how I am and how God created me. And also trusting that I can meet the right people as this version of me. And I can also excel in my work as this version of me. And I can excel in my life as this version of me. Because this is how God created me and I'm done becoming who I think I need to be in order to achieve the things I want to achieve or meet the people I want to meet or whatever X, Y, Z the things are. And so I felt really confident in that and really, really good. And I'm like charged up and now I am making the friends and the community and I feel so good. And then this retreat was another big challenge for me because it was this challenge of, wait a second, I'm not who I think a retreat leader is. I'm not saying other people think this way, but when I think of who a retreat leader is, I think of the people I know online who've led retreats and their personalities, and it's not me. And suddenly it was this challenge of, okay, right? Like the old version of me would just be like, oh, no problem. I'll step into that. I can be that. I can be that for these women. I can give them that experience. 
versus wait a second. If God called me to this and he created me perfectly and he gave me my temperament and he gave me my persona and my personality and all of these things, then it must be enough as I am. If he's calling me as I am, as he created me, then I don't need to become someone else or even try to be like my higher self. I just need to be me imperfectly and messily as exactly as I am right now. That's what these women are going to need. That's what this experience needs. But that's also challenging to show up and to be fully me, to not be the loudest voice in the room, to not be fully leading the experience all the time, to be taking alone time to myself to recharge. A part of me was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to live up to their expectations, these women who are coming. What if they expect me to be just like super, super, super outgoing and super loud and super bubbly, which I can be sometimes, but not all the time. And I had to continue to surrender those fears of, all right, God, I trust you. You called me as I am imperfectly. You didn't call me to become some new version of me. You called me as I am. And I'm going to show up as I am. And that's going to be enough. Because me exactly as I am is enough. And you wouldn't call me if it wasn't. I am enough exactly as I am for my work, for my future partner, for my friends, for my retreat. That was my personal, one of my biggest takeaways is that exactly as I already am, I'm enough. Especially when it doesn't seem like it in my mind. You don't need to become some higher version of you to be enough for what you want. If God is calling you, what we need more was descending into who we already are, trusting who we already are, trusting that God created us perfectly. And also trusting that sometimes what we perceive to be our greatest weaknesses are actually our greatest strengths. If God has gifted you with timidness, it's a gift. You have a gift of listening and speaking when it's important and your words carry a lot of weight and meaning. If you have the gift of an outgoing nature, it's a gift. God has gifted you with the ability to raise the energy in a room, put smiles on people's faces, make others feel comfortable, to allow yourself to be heard. There are so many gifts that come with our ways of being. And I just use two really small examples, but whatever your ways of being are that you feel insecure about, it is a gift. It is a gift and we are meant to make use of our gifts, not to change them. And on top of that, right? One of my other insecurities is like, who am I to do this work? What qualifies me? I believe that we all have gifts, God-given gifts, spiritual gifts, different gifts, And that we're meant to use them. We're not meant to hide them away. And I have a gift of leadership, of teaching, of mentoring, of healing, and especially of holding space and of loving. And those gifts are not meant to be hidden away just because I'm insecure that they're not enough. The fact that I don't feel enough or I don't feel ready is not a good enough reason to not share my gifts with the world. I believe that we must be diligent in using the gifts that we have been gifted because we've been gifted them for a reason. Because there are people in this world who need them and who are going to be 
receive blessings from God through us. But if we're hiding our gifts away, we're literally denying people the blessings that God is trying to bless through us for other people. I really, really believe that. I mean, how many times have you prayed for something and the prayer was answered through someone else? We get to be the answered prayers for people, but not if we're hiding our gifts away. So if there's one thing I want you to take away from this episode, it would be let God lead. Even if you're like, you know what, this is the beginning of my journey. I don't even really believe in fully or trust God yet. Like that, I'm just not there. That's okay. What if you just played around with it? What if you just tried? Even if you're not sure that there's a God or a higher power out there, what if you just tried? Said, hey, you're listening. I'm ready to follow you. I'm so done leading myself. I can't do this anymore. I, I, I can't do this on my own anymore, God. I just can't. Please lead me. That has been my consistent ongoing prayer. I can't do this on my own anymore, God. It's heavy. Please take this burden and lead me. Show me the way. Because it's too heavy when I try to carry it all on my own. Carrying the burden of all of our fears, insecurities, anxieties, questions, it's heavy. When we try to find the answers and solutions to all of them, it's way too heavy. It's way too exhausting. We're not meant to live life like that. And yeah, there's deeper processes, right? Like there's deeper somatic processes we can move through, which is what I do in my one-on-one sessions to actually move through deep pieces of anxiety and panic and Uh, sadness and grief and anger and things that are stored away in our bodies, right? These deeper pieces actually do need to be somatically moved, but that's often easier done in, uh, in a lead setting and it can be, it can be group, but, but even more powerful in one-on-one, but in a personal practice, surrendering the monkey mind, the anxious thoughts, choosing not to believe or trust them over God. And I did also want to say that Uh, Magnetic actually started yesterday, according to the day that I'm recording. Today is Wednesday when I'm recording and we had our first live call and it was, uh, I feel so good to be teaching again. It just, I haven't taught a live course on my own, I think ever actually. And my last solo course was BAA, which was four and a half years ago now, four years ago. And it feels amazing. It feels amazing to be teaching again. I have 20 incredible, beautiful woman in that group. And it is, uh, I'm really excited about that group of women and and what I'm teaching and sharing it. It just, it feels so right. And so God's hand is, is in that group. If you are wanting to join, uh, you still can join late if you want. Uh, you'll just have missed the first call, but we have the recording up. I won't be letting anyone else join after this week. And I also wanted to announce that I am opening up two one-on-one spots. I actually have no one-on-one clients right now. I stopped my intake of one-on-one clients in March and had everyone end before the retreat because I wanted to be, have complete spaciousness and no clients. And so now I'm ready to open back up again to one-on-ones. I'm opening up to only two spaces. I am only going to take on two one-on-one clients right now because I, when I have one-on-one clients, I give them everything. They get all of me and I don't like to have more than three or four, but right now I can feel two of you. It feels like there are two of you who are ready for this work, who are ready to go deep and really reconnect with yourselves, reconnect with God, begin to move through these deep pieces that have been stored in your body for a long time. 
create more spaciousness, more peace, more abundance, more love, open to really, really receive, right? Unleash your magnetism and your radiance, all of the things that can only be done by diving deep into your body and reconnecting, coming into union with God, reconnecting to your feminine core. This is the work we do in one-on-one. It's really deep, powerful work. And if you're ready, you'll know. So if you feel like that could be for you, you can apply. The link is in the show notes, or you can message me on Instagram at pursuit of bliss with an underscore at the end. Uh, and we can chat there if you're not sure if it's for you or not. If you have any questions, just reach out. I love talking to you guys. So hope to hear from a few of you. I'm excited to get my one-on-one work back up and running again. And as always, if this episode spoke to you or helped you or supported you in any way, it just means a lot to me when you share it, when you get the word out, uh, when you share it with your family and friends who you think would receive something from it. It really helps me to reach more people and to grow the podcast. And same, when you guys leave me honest reviews, it also really does mean a lot to me that you guys take a few minutes out of your busy days. I know we're all busy to to actually write words of affirmation for me about the, the podcast. It keeps me going. So thank you for those of you who have done that or are going to do that. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you so much for being here with me on this journey and taking the time to listen to me talk at you for 40 minutes now. Hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and talk to you all next week.